Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Duke Backus. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. I've titled tonight's message, uh, I went in a little different direction last week, but I've entitled tonight's message, Peace on Earth. I want to speak to you about this topic of of peace for just a few moments. Over and over throughout Scripture, we find this word peace. And that word in Hebrew is the word shalom, which means wholeness. It means harmony. It means security, well-being. And more than that, it's who the Bible describes God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to be. Jehovah Shalom. It's one of the names of God. But church, we are living in a time, I believe, where there is an obvious war against our peace. I'll say it one more time. There is an obvious war against our peace, against the presence of God and knowing that God's presence is with you. Amen? And so it's not just a feeling within. It's a a war against the person of Jesus. It is a war against the person of Jesus. And the enemy is so... Crafty uh, in his schemes, the enemy is so crafty against God's people to rob them of their peace. How many of you have ever, you know, attended a a church service or a prayer meeting or you spent time in worship of the Lord and and you you were filled with the peace of God, just like we are right now? Amen? You're filled with the peace of the Lord and you you, you know the presence of God is with you. you. You feel the Lord rest upon your heart and upon your life. Only for moments later to be challenged by the enemy. It could be a challenge against your mind. It could be a challenge against your heart. A challenge against your attitude, your emotions. He will come against you. He will come to try to challenge your life. He will come to bring something against you to rob you of your peace. How many of you have ever left a a good church service only to be told off by somebody in the parking lot? Amen. Or as soon as the service finishes, you get this text from somebody in the church just speaking negative and speaking ill. And, and all of a sudden, it's like everything that you had spent, you know, the, pri- the time that you spent in the presence of God, it was just like it was just, oh, there it goes. It almost would seemingly vanish because the enemy does everything he can to rob you of your peace. Sometimes it's the smallest things that will stir up anger in your life, resentment, bitterness, and they will try to rob you of your peace. Other times it's bigger issues in life, things like your health, providing for your family, and warring in the spirit for the salvation of loved ones. Sometimes we have a restlessness and it seems as though we don't have peace in our life because the Bible says that there's that there, in, the, in the Gospels, it talks about the, the seed falling upon the rocky soil. And it talks about that rocky soil containing the cares of life. And when the seed of the word of God, it falls in, into that place and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth is what the scripture says. It says that they choke out the seed. And so if you could picture it this way, it's, it's, it's like... Putting a seed under the ground only to have somebody come and dig it up and you expecting to receive a harvest. The enemy will do everything he can to 
to, to take this seed that is being planted in your life tonight, the, the, the spirit, the presence of God, knowing that God is with you, knowing that the Lord is in this place, he will do everything that he can in the next few moments to try to rob you of knowing that God is with you. Because if he can rob you of knowing that God is actually with you, then he can get you to a place of disbelief. So he is always warring against our heart and our life, knowing that we have peace in God. And so this question must be asked, why the attack? Why is the enemy waging war against the children of God for having peace in their hearts? I believe the answer is this, because a heart without peace is hopeless and it's not hope-filled. If in his devices and in his schemes he can somehow trick you into falling for what it is that he is wanting to do in your life, you will be hopeless and not hope-filled. I meet people all the time that are going through a situation in their life, and I understand that, that life gets heavy sometimes. I understand that we hear things that we don't want to hear, we experience things that we weren't prepared for, and we go through things in life that, you know, are just a little bit uncomfortable. I completely understand. I understand the heaviness that life can bring our way at times. But when we are going through these situations and when we are going through these things, we must understand, church, that God in his word said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And so no matter what the enemy does in that moment to try to rob you of your peace, you have the word of God that is unchanging, unfailing, it's steadfast, it is eternal. It will remain even though the heavens and the earth will not remain. The Bible says that God is with us. He is not going to leave you. But sometimes sickness makes it seem as though God is not there. Sometimes, you know, a relationship issue in your home and your family makes it seem as though God isn't there. And these are just feelings. These do not nullify the word of God. These do not nullify what it is that God has done and what it is that God has said. And so in the book of Philippians chapter 4, you know this verse very well. Verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. How many of you have ever been anxious? Oh, man, you get restless and you get anxious and you don't know where to scratch the itch. Because sometimes this anxious thing, it just, it, it causes you to make decisions that you would never make in your life. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, everybody say every. Every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You see, if you do not pray about it, if you are not thankful through it, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus will not be yours. You will stay anxious, you will stay worried, you will stay frustrated about the situation. But it's until we pray. It's until we bring the petition before God with thanksgiving in our hearts. I picture Paul a lot of times because he's the one that wrote many of these verses and I can picture him chained up in a prison saying, with thanksgiving in your heart, bring every prayer and petition to God. And I wonder oftentimes, church, how we, how we sometimes find ourselves not imprisoned, 
We're not in chains. We're not actually bound by something, but we're actually free to worship, free to pray, free to bow on our knees before God, free to, to testify of his goodness, but yet somehow it's as if we are imprisoned. And Paul here is actually in chains saying, give thanksgiving to God. Bring it to the Lord in thanksgiving. Don't be afraid to, to offer this unto him. He said, give thanksgiving, present that request to God, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I love this. That means that you can have peace beyond what you could fathom could ever happen in your life. You could be like that martyr, the first martyr in the scripture. The Bible talks about his name was Stephen. The Bible says that in those moments when the, when the Sanhedrin came against him, when, when literally the Pharisees were going to attack him and take his life, that he looked up to heaven and he saw Jesus. He didn't run. He didn't fight for his life. He didn't duck and cover. But he saw the author and the finisher of his faith. And I could imagine, church, that that is a moment where peace transcended all understanding. His body was about to be destroyed by a pile of rocks. The Bible says that Jesus was like a lamb led to the slaughter. He was silent. You see, if I knew I was about to get slaughtered, I'd be kicking and screaming. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'd be fighting for my life. And the Bible says that he was silent. You see, that's what peace looks like, church. It's un you can't understand it, but it sets a wall of protection. It says it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Anytime the scripture says, church, do not. Anytime it says do not, it's probably a good idea to listen up. This means that the opportunity to actually do what you're being instructed not to do is a possibility. And so if you're told do not fear, do not worry, do not be anxious, but instead pray and petition the Lord with thankfulness in your heart and take these issues to the Lord, it's a great idea to follow his word. Amen? It's a great idea to follow his instruction. And so the peace that only God provides, which is unexplainable, you can't put into words how it is that you're not completely losing it over the situation that you're going through, but somehow that peace, it acts as a fortress for your heart. It acts as a, as a fortress for your heart. It becomes a shield for your mind against Satan. And when Satan tries to penetrate that for, fortress that God has built around your heart and at, around your mind, he will not be able to because you trust in the Lord. You trust in God. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 1 says this, In that day this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. And God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. Everybody says that keeps faith. You see, you cannot live outside of faith and think that you're pleasing God and think that you are in the realm of the protection of God. It requires faith. Verse 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That is keeping the faith. 
Verse 4 says, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. You see, the peace of God can only be attained through faith and trust in the Lord, through the action of prayer and fellowship with the Lord. You see, when you've prayed about it, you can have peace in it. When you have prayed about it, you can have peace in it. But if you have not prayed about it, my friend, it's in those wavering bouts with doubt and faithlessness that not trusting in God, maybe because your life was, your trust was broken by life or circumstances or some bad experience that happened in your life that lets you down, but it's not trusting. And I want us to understand this. It's not trusting that leaves the door open for the enemy to inhabit your mind and rob you of your peace in God. Not trusting is like an unlocked door. And it gives the enemy access. Just like when we buy into fear, and fear is a lie of the enemy. It is nothing but deceit. It's nothing but, but a, a, a tactic that he uses. The, 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 the scripture teaches that when we, when we buy into the lie, we empower the liar. That is, we have given the authority that Christ has given us. It's like a key. We've given that over to him. And now he has access to our life, and now he can mess with our mind, and he can mess with our heart. Without trust, you have no wall, you have no rampart, and that means your heart and mind are exposed to the vulnerable attacks of the enemy. But like this verse was saying, when we sing in the land of praise, that word Judah means praise. It says, when we sing in the land of praise, it becomes a fortress and a city of defense for the righteous and the believing saints to enter in through. And so after you've entered in your mind and your hearts, they tune into that perfect peace because they trust in the Prince of Peace. Right now, as we were singing, right now, as we were worshiping, and, and, and I pray that you engaged in worship. I pray that you worship the King. But right now, as you began that act of worship, as you began to, to sing to God, as you began to testify of his faithfulness and declare his holiness and declare his worthiness. It's in those moments, church, where the peace of God begins to fill the room. Where the peace of God begins to cover your heart and cover your mind. How many of you need the peace of God today? Amen? Then trust in the Prince of Peace. It's very simple. Peace is not a feeling. Peace is not just a feeling. It's having the person of Christ inhabit your heart. And the Bible speaks of Jesus through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53. It said, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, that is our sin. And the punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. That word transgression means our inability to fulfill the law or our breaking of the commands of the law. And iniquity means our injustice and our wickedness and our sin. So I want us to read that again. He was pierced for our transgressions. That's our inability to fulfill the law, our breaking of the commands of the law. He was crushed for our iniquities, our injustice, our wickedness and sin. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by the wounds that he suffered in his body, he brought healing to ours. Isaiah 26 and verse 12 says, Lord, you established peace for us. 
It says, all that we have accomplished, you have done for us. Peace is the person of Jesus. You see, it's only through accepting the work of the Son of God that we can have the prince of this peace. It is believing at what Christ did, who he did it for, and the fact that he never has to do it again that gives us a peace that we could never find in this world. There is not an amount of money that could ever fill the space in your heart that Jesus could fill his peace with. There's no amount of possessions that could ever satisfy the desires of your life like the peace of Jesus. There's no amount of friends or popularity that could ever fill that place that only the, the Spirit of God can fill. It's only through believing and accepting the work that Jesus did on the cross that gives us that perfect access to protection and the peace of God. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that unless there was the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sin. Jesus became the atonement for that sin. That is, he received the punishment that we deserved so that we could be at peace with God. Think about how much he loves you just for a moment. Think about how much the Lord loves you that he would willingly give his son. He would willingly give up his son to pay a price that he did not deserve to pay. For the very things that had us at war with God. For the very things that had us far from God as enemies, the Bible says, of the cross of Christ. And think just for a moment of how much he loves you to want to give you access to being at peace with God. The Bible says that greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. The fact that Jesus would submit himself to his Father's will and come to this earth to die a death that he not, did not deserve for a people that did not deserve to receive it is beyond me. But the fact that I know that he did it so that we could have peace with God reminds me that we owe him our life. We owe him our life. Romans 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. How many of you are saved in the house? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. It says, therefore, since we are justified through faith, that is unless you've made that decision of faith to trust in Jesus, can you have this peace? It goes on to say, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That is, Jesus has given us access to a life, living a life at peace with God. That is, living, not knowing the plans for your eternity is a scary place to be. Imagine not knowing what it is that your future holds. Imagine not knowing what it is that, that your eternity holds. But living like your eternity is secure because you prayed a one-time prayer is also a scary place to be. There's a lot of Christians that, that think that, you know, they prayed this one prayer and that they, they said yes to Jesus, they confessed Jesus, and they... They think that that's it. They can just simply 
go on about living their life however they want. They can just walk through this world and do whatever they want to do or say because they prayed a prayer. And they think that that right there is simply enough that they're, they're going to be with Jesus for eternity. And they're at peace with God. Then Paul would have never said that you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He would have never said things like that, that, that we have to understand that this thing, this life that Jesus died to give us, abundant life and freedom, a life that the Bible says that those who are called sons of God are those who would what? They would not live in sin. They would not be bound by the things of this world, but they would be completely free because of the work that Jesus did. We have to understand this, that the only reason you are standing here tonight and today is because of the grace and the mercy of God upon your life. A hundred percent. We've fallen a million times before God. We've made a, a thousand mistakes before God. We've said and done and thought and we've, we've gone to the wrong places. We've done the wrong things and we've, we've had to come back before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness, Lord. Create in me a new heart, O oh God. But only through Christ do we have access into the grace that we are standing in today. That means that we should have fallen and we could have been beat down by life. And, but because we believe in Christ, we have peace with God. Because the son of, of the living God is living in your heart. And I love this because, church, that means that you haven't met a situation that is hopeless when you have the God of hope living inside of your heart. Jesus, moments before he would give his life for the sins of the world, was having an ongoing conversation with his disciples, and he had given them warning of his soon departure from the world. And we find this in John chapter 16 and verse 20. I want to read this. He said, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and you will mourn while the world rejoices. He said, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And then he went on to say, you will have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. And he asked his disciples an important question that I believe the Holy Spirit is asking you and I today. John 16 and 31, he said this, do you now believe? Do you now believe? Verse 32, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home and you will leave me all alone. He said, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. He said, and I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There is no sickness that can rob you of your peace. There is no hardship that can rob you of your peace. There is no worry that cannot be remedied by the Prince of Peace, Jesus. There is no pain in your body that he hasn't already been taken care of by the blood of Jesus. And there is no demonic attack that can overcome you. And there is no mountain that hasn't already been destroyed for you. This peace that your heart and life needs is available today. 
This king of glory is in this house and it is available for you today. The question is, how can I have peace when Jesus is in heaven? Because God is eternal. God is not limited by space or time. What he has established over your life has no beginning and no end. And even when Jesus was born into this world, the angels announced in Luke chapter 2 and verse 14, it said, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And before Christ could return to heaven, he said this in John 14, he said, peace I leave with you. He said, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. He said, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The world gives things conditionally. The world often gives things because you gave them something back. It's a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of world. You do for me, I'll do for you. But Jesus here, he said, listen, this peace that I am leaving with you, I'm not giving it as the world gives. I'm not going to simply give it and then when you make a mistake, I'm going to take it back. No, I'm going to give it to you for eternity. I'm going to give it to you for your life. But the big reason why we go to war for our peace in our life is because of this. Because the enemy wants you to think you don't have peace. The enemy wants you to believe that somehow God has been separated from you when it never in fact happened because he said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. John 14 and 30, a few verses later, he said, I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming, but he has no hold over me. See, the prince of this world is the enemy. The Bible calls him, uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians, the God of this age. And then that scripture says, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5 or chapter 3, I forget. It says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. But if you're a believer, you can see. If you're a believer, you can know he's with you. If you're a believer, you can have the peace of God over your life. But I love the ending of verse 30 there. It said, he has no hold over me. The prince of this world's coming, but he has no hold over me. See, it's the time that the people of God come to God to protect the peace that Christ has established for us once again. It's time, church, that we walk in believing what Christ has accomplished for us. And it's time for us to believe that when Christ says, he, that is Satan, has no hold over him that we too would believe in the freedom that Christ has actually given us. It's greater than the chains that the enemy tries to bind you with. When we believe this, church, the reason the enemy has waged war against you is because the scripture says in Isaiah 48 and verse 22 that there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. The reason the enemy tries to do everything he can to rob you of this peace is because he himself has none. He is eternally condemned. He is eternally bound. He is eternally thrown into the lake of fire. And everything that it is that you have that Christ died to give you, he wants to take from your life. But we have to declare over our life that my God will never leave me. My God will never forsake me. The peace that he has given me, he's not taking it away. 
He is not taking it away. John 12 and 31 says, now is the time for judgment on this world. And it says, now the prince of this world will be driven out. Oh, man, when Jesus gave his life upon the cross, church, the Bible says that he made a public spectacle of the enemy. Triumphing over the enemy through the cross. He stood over him in complete victory, church. In complete victory, it wasn't like, oh, he won for a moment or he won just for a time. No, no, no. For those of you who believe, church, we have the victory through Christ. And everything it is that he won for you, you have in your life. We have to believe this. But he said, now the prince of this world will be driven out. John 16 11 says, in about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. He will never be able to have what you have right now. Never. The Bible says, now therefore is, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, Satan, because of his pride, can never be in that side of scripture. Satan, because of his pride, the Bible says, was cast out and he fell like a bolt of lightning. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Satan tries to take what he cannot attain, but my God in his word says in Isaiah 40 and verse 23, he brings princes to naught and he reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. Satan is no match for Jesus. He never was and he never will be. And because you believe in the power of Jesus and your mind is steadfast on Jesus and your heart is trusting in Jesus, then he is no match for you either. John 8 and 23 says he continued, you are from below and I am from above. You are of this world, but I am not of this world. The capacity of the enemy to try to destroy your life and your family is limited. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. He's limited, so he lies. He's limited, so he tries to deceive. Tries to make you think he's stronger than he is. He tries to make you think that he's bigger than he is. But because Jesus is not of this world, but he's from a different kingdom. A kingdom that has no beginning and it has no end and can never be destroyed. He will be victorious overall. The beautiful thing about Jesus is when he gives you something, it's of endless supply, church. It's of endless supply. The love that he's poured into your life has not run out. Though your heart may grow cold, it doesn't mean that his love ran out. The peace that he gives you and offers to your life does not mean, if you don't feel it for a moment, it doesn't mean that it's not there. 
And it doesn't mean that somehow it, it, it failed to get to you or it ran out. The Bible says of his love that it's unending. The Bible says of his friendship that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The Bible says of the Holy Spirit that he will never leave you or forsake you. He will never turn his back on you. And the world is this way. The world gives and demands back from us and nothing in the world is free. It's all with condition. But the love that Jesus has for you and I is unconditional and there's nothing that can separate you from his love. When we were enemies of God, he thought of you and chose to die for you. Maybe there's somebody that's listening tonight that doesn't have peace with God. It could be because you've either never invited him into your heart, you've never invited him into your life, or it could be because of a wedge of sin in your life. Sin will put a barrier and a distance between you and God. And the warmth that you once felt when you were close to God because of freedom and close to the Lord because of holiness. Like Pastor said, who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? Him with clean hands and a pure heart. That wedge of sin will cause us to be separate from God, to pain the heart of God. The Bible says that when Jesus was giving his life for the sins of this world, that he had to turn his face. He could not look at his own son with the sin that was upon his life. Isaiah 27 and verse 5 says, let them come to me for refuge and let them make peace with me. It says, yes, let them make peace with me. And so right there where you are, this is not a moment of, of condemning. Manny, would you come or DJ? This is not a moment of condemnation. This isn't a moment of shame, but it's a, a time of freedom to walk into the peace that Christ died to give you and I. So right there where you are with your heads bowed. I want you to think about your relationship with God and I want you to examine your heart just for a moment. Because if that's you tonight, then I want you to open your heart to the Lord. I want you to open your heart to the Lord tonight. And I want to pray that whatever heavy burden could be over your life that has robbed you of your peace, it would be lifted off of you tonight, that you would walk in the wholeness and in the peace of God once again. And I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody in this place tonight. And I just want you to take a moment right there to just pray to God. Because like that first scripture that we read, said don't be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present it to the Lord 
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org give.